hello, this is Helen Lovejoy, and I just love Four Finger Discount, although I don't really understand what it is. Four Finger Discount is proudly brought to you by the Simpsons Trivia Nights. To find out when they're going to be doing a show near you, go to facebook.com slash the Simpsons best moments. Now, Bart, can you roll your eyes back in your head like this? Oh, you mean like I'm dead? Yeah, sure. The kid's a pro. Four finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Finger Discount, Australia's favourite Simpsons-based podcast, proudly brought to you by the Simpsons Best Moments Facebook page and nohomers.net. I am Dando. I am Mitch. How you doing, man? Have a good Halloween weekend, did we? Uh, we did have a very good but very quiet Halloween weekend. It's still only sort of taking off here in Australia. And um, people are complaining about that. I don't understand why. It's uh, fun. It is. There's all these people that give it that, oh, we're just copying America, but you know what? You're more than happy to copy America with a shitload of other aspects of our life, and who cares? It's a fun day. You know, I love the dress-ups. I love the whole, if you've ever been in the States for it, there's a community aspect to it. It's everyone getting together, you're hanging out with friends, and you're just binging on a shitload of chocolate. What's wrong with that? Being a fan of horror movies as well, like I really have always wanted Halloween to be here, because when I was a kid, I saw the movie Halloween, yep. and I'm like, I wish we could do When you were a here. kid? Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> I watched Friday the 13th, I reckon, when I was about seven. Yeah, okay. Weren't, weren't allowed to or just weren't a fan? Uh, well, I love the fact that your mum stopped you from watching The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. The thing is, she, <laughs> she didn't... It's okay to watch Friday the 13th. She wouldn't let me watch it. I used to go to my Uncle Darren's house, who was a big horror fan, oh, and he'd okay. put him on for me. I was going to say, oh, I don't know. Dando was watching this cartoon. He grabbed a knife from the drawer, but, oh, what's this slasher movie? That's just, that's going to be fine. <laughs> Well, today we're going to be reviewing uh, Bart Gets Hit by a Car, a very, very popular episode because the debut of Lionel Hutz. And Nick Riviera. And the blue-haired lawyer. Yes, they're all out in force. I, I sh- I'm going to point out to everyone as well that the Mets are playing right now. So as we're recording live, Watching it live, Game 4 of the World Series is going to wear. So if throughout this recording you hear me go, ooh, it's about that, and I apologise. But I am giving 100% full focus and commitment to this. Were you a fan of baseball before going to the States, or did that sort of more suck of a, you in then? More of a passing fan. Like, I, I enjoyed it, but without ever really following it. And it's one of those things where you go to a game and watching it live just made it all make a lot more sense. I mean, it can be a kind of dull sport to watch on TV, but having seen how exciting it is there and how much is actually going on has made it a little bit better for me. I've always wanted to get into baseball because growing up, you've seen so many great baseball-based movies. Yeah. But I've just never... I guess I've never had someone there to explain the rules to me, so I've just never been able to pick it up myself. That's true. It probably, it's, it's probably just a quick Google search away, but you know what I oh, mean. It's pretty complicated and is so it? many stats. It's insane, but uh, it is definitely the most adaptable sport, I think, for film. Um, there's yeah. so many great sports movies that are baseball movies. It's um, Yeah, I really, really love it. So let's get into the review. This episode originally aired January 10th, 1991. Not only was it the first episode to air in 1991, but it, there was a three-week gap in between the last episode, I guess, over the New Year's period. Yeah, break for the holidays, Christmas and, and New Year. That's unusual, but I guess kind of makes sense for ratings. There wouldn't be a huge amount of people sitting around watching TV at that time of year. I suppose in America too, do they have a long break? Because we have summer break over Christmas here. I forget that even in England, because when I went there with Nicola a couple of years ago, they get like a couple of days off work at Christmas time, and that boggled my mind, but it's yeah. because they get the summer break mid-year. 
Yeah, okay. Well, we don't really get to... Like, it depends on the industry. I mean, I don't get any time off over Christmas. Really? No, nah, public holidays, but outside I get of that... four and a half weeks. <laughs> yeah, but you're working for a factory that's about to close down. It's, so always, been, it's always been like you, that. I, always I love, been like that. It, for people that follow us um, religiously and are really looking for these episodes to come out, you would have known that the last one came out a little bit later because Dando had some overtime. Now, you did, what, two or three days of overtime? Two straight days, yeah. Two straight days of overtime, and then you followed that up with a five-day weekend. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think you and I have different different commitments when it comes to who needs to be in when. I love Ford. It's great. Uh, the chalkboard gag was, I will not sell school property. Another classic you know, <laughs> Bart joke. And the couch gag was, Homer simply bumps everybody off the couch. Now, the writer of this episode was John Swartzwelder. Yes. I don't think it was the first episode. I think he did a few more before. He, well, he did the last one, didn't he? Uh, yeah, he's done a few already. Yeah, and he's renowned as probably the best Simpsons writer of all time. He's done, I think it's almost or just over. I think it might be just, just under 10%. Of the episodes he has written, yeah, and when you so which will you, yeah, it's, it's, about, it's about I think it's about forty nine episodes he's written, forty seven something like that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a huge amount when you think of the fact that, you know there's a, a whole team of writers and how many people have worked over the show over that long of a period. It's uh, he's got a great record, but it's not simply because of the episodes he writes, which are amazing. It's because of the character. Apparently, he's just a very obscure, unique person who doesn't like to be seen in public. It's very rare to get a photo of him. There are oh. photos of him online. We posted one on the page as well. But he doesn't like doing audio commentaries or anything like that. He's written some books, but what I wanted to bring up was there was one audio commentary. I can't remember what episode it was. You can find it on Google. Just type what sort of audio commentary where, because he refuses to do them. Yep. So they called him at home and were just chatting to him. And they're like, oh, by the way, um, just letting you know, you're part of the commentary. And he goes, oh, that's funny because this isn't John Swartzwelder. And just hangs up the phone. I think you've told that story. Have I? I think you might have on the first time, the first episode that Swartzwelder wrote. This is the thing about podcasts that can be kind of fun. That um, you, it's really easy to forget what you've said in the past. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's fine. We've probably got new listeners who haven't heard that story before, yes. so it's always worthwhile. I listened to, um, uh, I've mentioned this a number of times, Kevin Pollock's chat show. I reckon I've heard the same anecdote that he tells about um, directing probably 15 times. Yeah. <laughs> it just keeps repeating it over and over again. Does he and over forget that he's saying guests. it or just deliberately just wanted to reiterate the I, story? I don't know. Like, I think it's it's just that, you know, sometimes the same thing can come up and that's life. Like, you talk to different people all the time and you're telling them the same thing. Like, no one has an infinite amount of things to talk about. Do you have a nan or an elderly person in your family who repeats themselves uh, and you don't, you, you sort of call them out for it the first couple of times and then you don't because you realize it makes them feel bad. It makes them realize they're getting old. Um, like, my nan repeats herself a lot, and now we just don't even call her out for it because it makes her... I wouldn't say it throws her off her game, but she sort of... You can tell she sort of goes into her shell when she realizes she's done it. She's like, oh, I've done it again. You know, yeah. so I just don't even call her out for it anymore. Not so much uh, old people for me yet, but my mum for a couple of years was dating a guy that was notorious for it. Like, I, if I had a five-minute conversation, he would probably repeat the same sentence four or five times within it. I was never... Um, I was going to say impolite enough, but like, you know, I don't know if it is impolite to do it anyway, but I, I never had the heart to do it to him because I wasn't sure if he was aware of it. And he was yeah. a nice enough guy. He just, you know, short term memory loss. What can you do? The worst is when I used to work with a guy, he doesn't work there anymore, but I used to tell him a story. And then like later in the day, he'd tell the story and say, oh, I am made of mine. This happened to him. And I'm like, I'm the guy that told you that story. <laughs> <laughs> or sometimes he'd even try and make it out like it was him. It happened to him. And I'm like... I told you that story like two days ago. That's like, really funny. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I've, I've gone the other way before and forgotten things that I've done and then told it, you know, I'd tell it to a friend as like, oh, you know, I've heard about this guy that did this and then they'll look at me and go, what are you talking about? That was you. I was with you. <laughs> <laughs> 
Alrighty, so let's get into the review. Do you want to give the quick synopsis of the episode? That's your thing. Well, the episode uh, title pretty well gives it. Bart gets hit by a car. So Bart is out and about causing mischief throughout the town. Um, Burns knocks him over in his car. Cue legal action and, and lawsuit. Basically, that in a nutshell well, is it. Lionel Hutz instigates it because they weren't going to do anything about it. And Hutz is like, you can get lots of money from Mr. Burns if you just let me take you or represent you in court. Yeah, of course. Um, much more than the $100 that Burns first offered. <laughs> Um, so do you want to get into the full review then? Uh, yeah, let's do. So, it, as I said, it does kick off with Bart skateboarding around Springfield, and uh, there's a cool little um, bit of trivia in the background of this, that in, okay. the, in the script, uh, it simply said, Bart causes mischief in the street. Now, if you go back and watch this episode, from that, they've it's packed been, in about four or five jokes. Yeah, they have yeah. Him, um, skateboarding through wet cement. They have him nearly taking off the head of a guy that's working in a manhole. There's the woman walking a the dog. dog yeah, yeah dog lead, all yeah. Of those sorts of things happen. Which, straight off the bat, made me think about Taxi Driver. You know the really, really famous, you're talking to me? Yeah. You're talking to me? Well, there's no one else here. <laughs> Are you? Have you ever heard the thing about what the actual script no, description for that was? It simply said, Travis looks in the mirror. And he just went with it. Yeah. From that script direction, they've improvised. De Niro is awesome, though. Yeah. And Scorsese helped a little bit. But yeah, yeah. like the, it, it was that thing of like when you got really talented people, the difference between what's on the page and what's on the screen, like sometimes it is the writing, sometimes it's the directing, and this was clearly a case where the directing has just lifted it up to another level. It's like Harrison Ford saved Star Wars. He didn't save it, but he, so many good one-liners in Star Wars weren't even in the script. The, yeah. I love you, I know. Yeah. That wasn't in the script. Indiana Jones, he did that as well with the, just the shooting the guy with the sword. Yep. But yeah, it's, it's, it's cool. Like, it's almost that Bart causes mischief in the street. It almost seems like that's the guys writing it and just going, uh, I need some stuff here. I'll just put that in for the time being and then come back to it and then never did. And, and it's then it's like the director got the script and gone, oh, well, fucking great. What am I going to do with this? <laughs> so, as, as we said, the title pops up. Do you think that they should have done this every episode? I liked it, but I don't think the show needed it. It might have been a bit distracting. Um, it's good for viewers who may be watching the show for the first time, but eventually you would be like, I know it's this episode. You don't have to keep telling me. Yeah, p- possibly. I don't know. It, it kind of depends on the thing. Like Some TV shows have episodes that are incredibly clever. and it, Or like, you know, say Fargo, for example. Like every, most, I've still yet to watch it, but I heard it's great. It, it's very good. And a lot of the episode titles are kind of allegorical or they're references to like... Um, a lot of biblical references throughout Fargo, actually, but, you know, it's less about saying this is what happens in the episode, but it's it gives clues to the people that want to read into it. Yeah. So, for a show like that, then, yeah. If it was Friends, like, you know, the one with the sandwich or something like that, that probably doesn't need to show up. Where do you think it would have been... That's a really long-winded way of me saying I don't think The Simpsons really needed it. Where do you think it would have been a good place if they did go consistently with it? I think maybe on the TV in the opening sequence... Yeah, that could have worked. I like just a title card. Title cards don't have just a black screen and, you know, quotation marks. This is what it is. Do you think it was just something they just wanted to try out and then they just watched it and went, eh, you know what, we don't really need this? Yeah, yeah, possibly. Who knows? Maybe they just needed two seconds to fill. (laughs) (laughs) They went, ah, title. Yeah. Um, So, as we said, Burns runs over, well, doesn't run him over, but just hits Bart. Just hits Bart. And Smithers is off the skateboard. Smithers is concerned, but we just get the. Mr. Burns is now the evil person. He just wants to keep going. He's like, oh, for crying out loud. Just give him a nickel and let's get going. Up until this episode, Burns has sort of been on the line. He's still got a bit of a heart. Now he's just a heartless person. Yeah, this is where he becomes really evil. Yes. <laughs> uh, there's, um, I, I like Smithers' reaction as well. In that, Now, you've had an issue with Smithers, but this is where Smithers' natural good heart does come out. 
He might not like Homer, and he doesn't respect Homer, but, you know, Smithers still understands the difference between right and wrong. He's reasonable. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We've just hit a child. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but he's not shocked by it at all, and I think... He's um, not scared or... Star- he's not startled, is he? Yeah, I think one of the... Uh, it might have been the director was saying that he really enjoyed playing it as if, like, it happens every other week. <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah. oh dear. <laughs> Another one. Um, so, then Bart goes to heaven, like, his soul leaves, or he nearly goes to heaven. He's nearly on his goes way. to heaven. He's on his way to heaven. Who knew that there's an escalator ride to heaven? Yes, and what, what do you have to do? Please hold on to the handrail. Do not spit over the side. Yeah, exactly. Bart can't follow the rules. No, what, he can't. What I did like, though, is uh, we get the first appearance of Snowball 1. Yeah. Complete with tyre marks. Uh, <laughs> well, that answering the uh, age-old question of, you know, when you die, are you in your best state or are you yeah. in your most recent one? I forgot that Snowball 1 was white. Well, we don't see Snowball 1 all that often, so that's an easy thing to forget. Yeah. It would make more sense to call a Snowball. Because you'd see it, yeah. Oh, yeah. I honestly yeah. didn't even realise that. <laughs> <laughs> it actually makes complete sense now. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so Bart spits over the side, and then he goes to hell. Uh, we should point out as well at this point, that we, this is the first appearance of Phil Hartman, the PA. Um, is he really? Yeah. I didn't Phil, realize Phil Hartman that. voices that. Oh, like, well. We told you not to spit over the side. It is his voice. Yeah, you're and right. I love the fact that like when they're on the way up that he does the translation, like, please hold on to the handrail, <laughs> please don't spit over the side. And then, you know, that in French or whatever it is. And then even as Bart's being said to hell, it's like, we told you not to spit over the side. And then you just catch the tail end of a translation as he's falling in. Oh. I really loved that. That was a funny joke. That is cool. Yeah. So, Bart makes his way down to hell. Now, the landscape of hell was based on something, like a, a painting or something, wasn't it, Mitch? It was based on a triptych. A triptych for art majors yeah. out there. Well, they would know. For people who aren't majors. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> uh, a triptych is basically three paintings that, you know, you kind of, they're done separately, but you put them together side uh, by okay. side. Okay, people do that on the walls all the time, yeah. yeah. The Garden of Earthly Delights by Hieronymus Bosch. Hieronymus Bosch. That's a name good enough to be worthy of one of our listeners. Um, <laughs> Diego Toro. <laughs> if anyone knows of Hieronymus's Facebook account, can you uh, make sure <laughs> that they find their way over to Four Finger Discount, please? Now, we meet the devil for the first time. He's very creepy, but he's not too scary to be in the Simpsons universe, is he? No, or any comedy universe. Yeah, he's got a sort of like a real funny accent as well, you know. He's you know, a dweeby you know, devil. Yeah, he's not like a Satan or... He's just like a... He's like the devil of um, Futurama, you know. He's yeah. just sort of creepy, but he's not... He, Which he's not, I kind of like more. Like, you can go that whole crazy big demon scary type devil but my favourite devils that have ever appeared on on either TV or film are the ones that are kind of conniving like wise it, guys yeah they they just they know all the angles they can talk you into traps and that sort of thing like you know there's this one there's as much as it's a shitful film um, Little Nicky uh, that, I, st- I refuse to watch it. It's really bad, but, but that <laughs> Satan is very good. Like they're, they're the ones that I really enjoy. I just liked how Bart goes. Hey, I'm innocent, man. <laughs> innocent. <laughs> Everybody's innocent. <laughs> and then pulls up a computer. Yeah, what the <laughs> that would have been, I guess, like you know, what, 1991. I know that would have made But that still would have been like home computers would have been starting to come a little bit more popular. Macintosh. By that point. <laughs> yeah, um, so just a funny little gag that even Satan has jumped on board. And then Satan, or the devil, realises it's not Bart's time to go to hell, so he sends him back, and he has a really funny line, which is... Is there anything I can do to avoid coming back here? Oh, sure, yeah, but uh, eh, you wouldn't like it. Oh, okay. And then he says... Goodbye, Bart. Remember, lie, cheat, steal, and listen to heavy metal music. Yes, sir. So then Bart's soul, or is it his soul? It was called his soul, his ghost? Yeah, yeah soul being... Whatever you want to believe in. Ethereal Q, Q spirit. Unchained Melody. Uh, unchained Medley, <laughs> whatever it's called. Um, so, Bart goes back up and Hutz is waiting with the family in the hospital. Yeah. So, it's the first appearance of Hutz. Yeah. And we get a good little uh, Wizard of Oz ripoff. 
Which is what? The, the, oh, you, you were, were there. Yeah, you yeah, were there. Yeah, you were there. You I've never seen before. Yeah, who are you? What a great way to introduce a character. <laughs> the family haven't even realised. Like, yeah, who are you? Why are you here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there's, there's so many one-liners in this one scene. It's hard to just... Well, do you want to just play a couple of the one-liners from Hutz right now? Let's go for it, because they are so good. Hutz is the name, Mr. Simpson. Lionel Hutz, attorney at law. Here's my card. It turns into a sponge when you put it in water. Ooh, classy. Besides... Doctor says it's just a bump on the head and a broken toe, nothing serious. <laughs> Doctors. Doctors are idiots. You might have to wait on him hand and foot for the rest of his natural life. That's the downside. Now, here's the good part. You can jing, 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 cash in on this tragedy. So, basically, from that, you can just tell that Hutz... Would you say Hutz is probably the funniest character the show has had to this point? In one scene. Oh. oh Homer's pretty funny. No, no, no. Well, I was more thinking of some of the one-time only characters as well. Cowboy Bob, I really yeah. liked. Like, there are a lot of guys where they pack a lot of jokes into certain scenes. But Do you think that Hutz was meant to be a one-time only character? Do you think the original tension? Because I f- sort of feel Possibly. that... I feel here that Hartman wasn't putting on a Lionel Hutz voice here. He was just being Hartman. It was just his voice. Yeah, and the, uh, the, Hutz the, was the voice never too far away just from his voice. No, 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 it never really was. But yeah, I don't know. Like, it, it probably was one of those ones where... You write it, and then it just it works, and you think, "Oh yeah, that's really good. We'll bring that back again." Well, um, they, they they always needed that counteract bad lawyer to counteract yeah. the blue haired one. Yeah, yeah, the and one that's actually probably studied and <laughs> been to law school. Look, we've discussed this before. Anybody who has a, a job of like power, like a police force or anything like that, they're bumbling fools in The yeah. Simpsons. So he just blended in perfectly. Yeah, exactly. There's a good line in here from Marge as well. Um, I was about to say that as well. Yeah, when go. when Hibbert is going through the things and, and Marge asks... Is he well enough for me to start mothering him unbearably, Doctor? Mm, better let him rust up a while first. Mm. I never picked up on that joke when I was a kid, but that's just a classic Marge joke. It is. And when I was 18, I was in a car crash and... Yeah, I remember, how bad? Uh, pretty bad and pretty reckless, to be perfectly honest. I was in a bad accident once. I tried to do a U-turn. My fault, but I reversed out of an angle park, and it was in Geelong in the city. It's a four-lane street. Yep. So, reverse out into the lane closest to the park. Yep. And I wanted to do a U-turn. And when I looked in the revision mirror, there was people coming up, but they were in the lane that I was already in. So, I started to do a U-turn across that middle lane, which is illegal anyway. Yes. And the person who was coming up behind me had switched from being in my lane to the lane I was Uh, turning into without me realizing... Bang. Bang. Uh, mine, um, I was in the passenger seat for mine, which is the first thing that I'm going to say to put my so hands up. it's not your up. fault. <laughs> no. I was incredibly drunk, and I was so drunk that I didn't realize that the driver was also incredibly drunk. I also didn't realize that there were 10 other people in the car. But hey, let's, you know, minor details. Point is, we went into a pole uh, headfirst around about 60 k's an hour. Um, so, no one... no one That would have been just a mess. 10 people in a car. Oh, it was awful. One person was ejected out through the windscreen. Um, really? Yes, but no serious injuries. Uh, phenomenally. Like, How when do you I say go that, through a windscreen and not be injured? I think it was already broken. Like, it, it must have shattered Still, on the impact. through a windscreen. Yes, it was quite a doozy. <laughs> um, anyway... That's, we shouldn't that's be all laughing, beside but the point. Sounds funny. Doozy, um, doozy's just a funny word. <laughs> <laughs> I was in it. I'm allowed to joke about yeah, it. Yeah. But I, uh, uh, I was concussed. I don't remember the few hours. But what I do very clearly remember is waking up with my mother at my side. And it was that exact thing. It was just uh, so happy that I was okay and there. And, and it does... You know, mothers just have that ability to make you feel warm and fuzzy. Yeah. yeah. You, can, you can be 50 years old and you're like, I want to lay in bed and have mum bring me soup. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well... 50? Yeah, why not? Okay. Yeah, no, why not? <laughs> <laughs> so, 
then we cut to Homer discussing it with his mates at work. And I like when Homer goes, if I wasn't so spineless, I'd march into his office and I'd let him know it. And then it gets called into the office. Yeah, <laughs> with the exact words. Yeah, yeah. 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 March right in there. Oh. <laughs> and this is where Burns offers him $100, yeah, which is I, pretty insulting. I was going to say, that that joke, though, just quickly, was yeah. all, it was almost identical to um, Simpson and Delilah with that... Um, so I say, forget you, pal. Thanks for nothing. So I say, forget <laughs> you, pal. Like it's, it, it's in reverse, but that exact thing that he goes from... Like, oh, I would do this. And then when but, he gets but, called to do it, oh. <laughs> at least here, though, he's like, if I wasn't so spineless, like, at least he admits that he's not going to do it because he's spineless. Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> so, he, as we said, Burns offers the $100, which is, like I said, pretty insulting. Yes. So then Homer just, well, does Homer refuse it? Yeah, he refuses. Because by this point, I guess Hutz has half planted the seed in his in his head that there could be more coming than this. But I think it's also just an element of, you know, come on, a hundred bucks. Like, oh, yeah, that's right. He's yeah, he's, he's sort of he thinks that's a bit ridiculous. Yeah, he doesn't yell at Burns it though. But I like when Burns is like, "You tangle with me, I'll crush you like this paper cup." <laughs> he can't quite do it, he's but he does. Really eventually. satisfied when he does finally <laughs> crinkle it, <sighs> and then uh, Hutz's card eventually works for him because Homer walks out, wipes, wipes his forehead, forehead with it. the sponge. Sponge, <laughs> yes, brilliant. And it works we- on so many levels. Uh, Lionel Hutz, by the way, did yeah. you know uh, that he's named after a friend of John Schwartzwalder? I did not know that. Yeah, no. He had a friend named Lionel Hutz. So exact just, name. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it Why is. Why being the real-life Lionel Hutz? I know. Uh, this is, um, That's I, like Kramer's named after one of uh, is it Larry uh, David's. Kenny Kramer. Yeah. Um, yeah, was one of Larry David's. He did like bus tours and stuff saying, I'm the, the real Kramer. The Seinfeld reality tour. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, Matt Grady was saying that he once got a letter from um, the wife of someone who was named Homer Simpson. Oh. Uh, and she was, you know, I'm sure who mocking. Who would name their kid Homer? Sure, mockingly, but um, well, fans of Dante. I, yeah. Um, anyway, she um, sent through saying that they could no longer order pizza over the phone because he would say it's Homer Simpson. <laughs> they're like, yeah, right, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty good. So they go to Homer goes to Hutz's office and he has the funny routine with the secretary. Like, what, what does she say? Something uh, like that. Yeah, the uh, any calls? Calls. Yeah. Oh, calls. Yeah, yeah the Supreme Court call. They uh, need your help with some freedom thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they get to the office and Hutz sees an ambulance. He's like. Ooh, almost. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> it's like a Pavlovian response for him. He just hears a siren. It's like, uh, uh. Yeah. <laughs> And then it's like, Mr. Simpson, the state bar forbids me from promising you a big cash settlement. But just between you and me, I promise you a big cash settlement. Uh, did you notice as well what he was rattling off his education? All of the schools that he claims to have studied at? No. Harvard, Yale, a couple others. The Louvre. The Louvre, what's that? (laughs) It's an art museum. That's what I thought it was the art museum. where the Mona Lisa is. That's what I thought it was, It just sounded fancy, so (laughs) he's throwing it out. Because it's it's where the um, Da Vinci Code is based, yeah? Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't read or watched The Da Vinci Code, but I'm pretty (laughs) sure that that is where it's set. (laughs) I remember, every time I hear that, I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's not a school. Oh, well, the Vatican as well. Like, a fair bit of The Da Vinci Code, I think, takes place in the Vatican. But definitely, the Louvre is there. So, he says to Homer, as we said, that he's going to get him a million dollars. And Homer's like, ooh, okay, that that works for me. Yep. Cut to uh, the debut of Dr. Nick. Yep. And he was apparently based on, I don't know how to pronounce the name, but Gabor... C-S-U-P-O. Chupo? Supo? C-S-U-P-O. Supo? Supo. Supo. Gabor Supo. Apologies for mispronouncing Gabor, like, that was a a real-life doctor? doctor. He worked on the show. Oh, okay. (laughs) And the the reason they based the look of him... Just like to pretend... They thought that Hank was impersonating him. 
Oh, so that's okay. what they based the look off of him. But really, he was actually doing a really bad Ricky Ricardo impersonation. Uh, yeah, th- and you just stole my trivia question, so I'm going to have to come up with something else now. Thank you. <laughs> okay, then. Uh, but yeah, like this just keeps the trend of all of Hank Azaria's impressions are just bad impressions. Uh, vo- his voices are bad impressions of, of already famous yeah. actors. Isn't Wiggum a bad impersonation of somebody? Uh, Edward J. Robinson. Yes, that's it. Yeah. yeah. And um, then, which get- is a great way to do a voice. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, it, it, if you do it badly enough, you know that there's already a character there, and this guy's already famous, so... You know, obviously, there's something going on with that voice, but yeah. you just get it slightly skewed, and it's yours now. We get more melodrama here from Homer as well. Am I gonna die? Yes, son. Homer. No, of course you're not going to die. Everything's fine. Will I ever play baseball again? No. <laughs> but I played baseball this morning. That's right, he did. Marge is starting to see through this whole ordeal now. The charade. Yeah, she realised. Like, how funny is Dr. Nick? And this smudge here that looks like my fingerprint? No, that's trauma. And even as he's explaining it to him, Hutt's in the background giving him the th- <laughs> like the AOK side. And then the. With all due respect, Mrs. Simpson, you're not a doctor. The boy's not a doctor. I'm not a doctor. The only person in this room who even comes close is this man. Stop! You're embarrassing me. What I love about that from Hutz is that only minutes earlier he was dissing doctors. Like, doctors, what would they know? Yeah. Like, It's just he will go with whatever medical opinion agrees with him at yeah. the time. He's like um, a current affair or today, tonight or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, they exactly. Find an expert that has my opinion. Now, Burns is not happy with the news that he's being taken to court. For a million dollars, nor should he be. <laughs> <laughs> and then Smithers suggests that they try and just do an off or out of court payoff. Yep. Pay- what's it called? A settlement. Settlement, settlement yep. yep. And then he goes, think of the headlines if you, if you fire Homer. It <laughs> <laughs> was so funny. Another smart move by Burns. That's my favourite one. Hooray for Burns as he's being <laughs> cheered around by yep. all his employees. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> even just as he thinks of those, he has that little moment of, Mm. <laughs> yeah. just enjoys it oh, to himself. Yes. <laughs> like they're slowly transitioning in his head. Fading yeah. in and out. I see no way that this could backfire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then eventually um, Smithers gets through to him and then Burns decides he's going to wait it out and then fire home. And then the fire track. once the press have moved yeah. on to another <laughs> flavour of the week. Yeah. Um, so this is where they start creating the fake story for Bart and Hutz is in the living room. Coaching the witness. Basically, this is as dodgy a legal tactic as you can possibly get. How are you, Bart? Fine. Oh, fine. Isn't that nice? Bart says he's fine. Wrong! You're not fine! You're in constant pain! That delivery is almost identical to Kevin Spacey as Lex Luthor in Superman Returns. Yeah. This is so, like that. Like, go on, go on, go on, say it, go on. Just let me hear you say it. Superman will never... Wrong! <laughs> <laughs> it's like the one good moment from that movie. <laughs> you hate that movie, don't you? No, no, no. I hate the new Superman. I hate Henry Cavill Superman. Oh, that's right, yeah. Um, for my order of preferences, Superman 1, Superman 2, Superman Returns, Superman 3, Superman 4, Man of Steel. Man of Steel, that, very that's, last. For anyone out there interested in exactly how I rank the Superman <laughs> films, I would put some of the animated movies in between uh, if I had Why do to. you like Man of Steel so much? Just uh, Not too much. We won't get off too off track. But uh, Well, without getting off track, it's just that everything that I know of the character of Superman as being is not in that movie. So, I don't like when they try to give Superman a reason to be good. He should just be good. Yeah, I always love... Like, what, what makes Superman so great for me is that... He is good just because he can be. He is the best that he can be, and he wants to inspire everyone else to be the best that they can be. Whereas in Man of Steel, it's all that, like, he's just moping about, working on fishing trawlers, and only decides... And kind of is upset about having the power, and then only decides to be good when he's personally called out and people start getting attacked. Which is, It's just a little bit of bullshit for me. I want him to, 
you should just be there because you should see a cat in the tree and just go, oh, I'll get that for you because I'm fucking Superman. Yep. Fair enough. There's also the bit where uh, his father, Park Kent, tells him that maybe it would have been okay to let an entire school bus full of children drown. <laughs> Not in Superman. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I'm yeah. done. I'm done. <laughs> I shouldn't have asked the question. <laughs> I've, I've started something. So, anyway, so we get back to the story. So, uh, the, the women of the, in the family are starting to see through the cracks. Like, they're saying this probably isn't the best way to go about it. And yeah. You oh, feel, there's, a, you, there's, a, there's that great, like, shouldn't he be telling the truth? Yes, but what is truth? Yeah. <laughs> You're going to feel sorry for Marge. Like, what, was she, what is she supposed to do in this situation? There's a chance of having a million dollars, which she probably will get away with, but she has a conscience. Yeah, I know. Those things always really hold you back. Oh, man, why do we have to have those things? You have one? No. <laughs> um, and so we get to the courtroom, and apparently the director, Mark Kirkland, watched uh, To Kill a Mockingbird and The Verdict to work oh, out. Oh, The Verdict is such a great movie. Yeah? That really... I, I didn't know that bit of trivia, but that makes so much sense, because I was watching this going, this really makes me... I'm thinking a lot about The Verdict here. Really? <laughs> yeah. Because it, it used the angles from the movies for the yeah, courtroom Yeah, right. Scenes. Well, there you go. Like It must have sort of subliminally hit me with that. <laughs> If you haven't seen the verdict and you listen, go out. I and haven't watch seen it. it. Is it what, what, how long ago was it made? Seventies? Uh, no, would have been maybe late nineties. Oh, oh, sorry, so- no, no, not late nineties. Um, maybe late eighties, okay. early eighties, somewhere okay. around that. Um, but it's Paul Newman. So in the eighties, late eighties, early eighties, somewhere around about that mark. Um, I don't know the exact year, but yeah. it's one of the better legal movies going around. Yeah, Paul Newman kind of plays a washed-up lawyer who is presented with what would be the easiest plea bargain case to take and just get you know, an easy, quick win settlement, but pushes hard. And it's where, like, you know, he kind of finds his own inner conscience again and, and fights for truth and what's right rather than just what's easy legally. What's great about The Simpsons is, if like the director, they go and do some research, you know? Yeah, totally. Uh, that is one of the things that's so... It's what makes this podcast so fun as well. Like, I, I'm in awe at how intelligent and how well-read and well-watched and just well-rounded the writers are. Like, they can pull references from anywhere. Yeah. This uh, whole episode is actually based on a film. It's uh, based on the 1966 film, The Fortune Cookie. 1996, sorry, a 1966 film called The Fortune Cookie. I can just imagine some of the racial stereotypes that would have existed (laughs) in that. Exactly right. I wonder whether it would have had a Lionel Hutz-esque lawyer. Uh, let's hope so. Yeah. You can only hope. Do, do you think there are lawyers like that out there that exist that are as bad as Hutz? I don't know. I've only ever seen them in movies. Like I, He was reminding me also a little bit of uh, Danny DeVito in The Rainmaker, his character. Yeah. Just like, you know, real... Do- even um, there's the private investigator in The Firm as well that's just got this dodgy office, real dingy place. Like, he's, he's all of those characters rolled into one. Yeah. So, then we get to one of my favourite scenes in the entire episode mm. when the blue-haired lawyer says, Your Honour, my client has instructed me to remind the court how rich and important he is and that he is not like other men. I should be able to run over as many kids as I want. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not the best way to start the court case, but, you know. Yeah, no. The court of public opinion. Yeah. Um, not the best way to go about things. You know what it reminded me of? Um, the truth. I'll, ki- I'll kill you. I'll kill all of you, especially those of you on the jury. The wow, that went badly. <laughs> <laughs> that lawyer has to stop. I don't think such it's a blue-haired lawyer in that in that shot, though. Uh, no, I'm pretty sure it is. Is it? Yeah. No, it's like the only other lawyer in Springfield. No, I'm almost certain it's not, man. Oh. I, I reckon I could be right because I did the Lionel Hutz best of moments clips recently. And okay. Well, I'll defer to you because I'm not as 100% sure. I haven't watched uh, that episode for a little I, while. I, I would bet. Any, I'm pretty sure But I'm, I'm pretty right. sure it is. Ooh, we'll, we'll find out. Won't That's we? one for the listeners. <laughs> yeah. But just. This oh, is yeah. one that three months from now, someone will be discovering the podcast for the first time and going, hey guys, not sure if anyone's <laughs> told you about this. <laughs> 
And then uh, I love too, this just shows just how powerful Burns is when the, the judge says, Mr. Burns, I must warn you that if you continue to disrupt the court in this way, I will have to cite you for contempt. You wouldn't dare. Well, no, I, I guess I wouldn't. Was it, um, did Shearer voice the judge? Sounded a lot like Harry Shearer's voice. I'm pretty sure he does do Judge Snyder, yeah. Yeah, cool. He had a different name earlier on, the judge as well. Oh, okay. They changed the Snyder later on. Um, so Bart recalls his story, which is just hilarious. All of a sudden, I was about to be struck down by the car of death. <laughs> the luxury car of death. The luxury car of death. And then Burns tells his story. And it's just, I love his line when he's telling his stories. I was just driving to the orphanage to pass out toys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I also love how quickly into his story, Burns throws Smithers under the bus. Why exactly? Throw Smithers <laughs> oh, under the bus. It's, it's, is that exactly what you wrote? That's yeah. literally what I wrote as well. Yeah. Um, it, it's, oh, it's not important. Let's move on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Take me, Lord. I'm old. <laughs> so great. And then just everybody staring at him. What? You believed his cock and bull story. Um there's a there's a great bit of animation as well in there uh, in Bart's story that I really liked. The, the target? Like uh, the, the no, 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 no. It's it's when it cuts back to the courtroom after he's actually like the target is cool. How you know Burns is driving with crosshairs yeah. on his bonnet, but it comes back and it's when Bart says the line. Luckily, I was not killed that day. Although sometimes I wish I had been. In between those two bits, just before he lays on the tears. He just sneaks a little look of approval at Lionel Hutz. Really? Like, it's so subtle, but it's it was really, really brilliant. It's like that. Like, he's just, you know... Making sure. We're playing along with this, yeah? Like, um, we're still on the same page. How good is the acting that I'm doing right now? <laughs> like, that. that's what is conveyed. It's only a fraction of a second, but it, if you go back and watch it, it's like... At, when we record this, I'm going to make you watch it. It's yeah. so good. And then the lawyer suggests a sediment, and he's like, sediment. Hang your heads in shame. Yeah. <laughs> and then throws out the greatest insult that I was saying, that, like, not only would kids not understand this. I'm sure if my head still. If exactly. You have to explain it to me. Not many adults would understand this. It's when he's insulting, like, he throws a few insults and then calls all the lawyers glorified notary publics. Yeah. Now, a notary public is someone who's authorized to sign and certify legal documents, basically. Like a doctor? Or no a one knows who that is. Like, there are maybe <laughs> Five percent of the population that have ever needed a notary public in their life is that. But is that like it can be a police officer or a doctor? Yeah. Uh, it uh, no, they're more justice of the peace. I think it's it's okay. more like they're generally people that are retired, but used to be in a legal profession. Okay, something along those lines. Yeah. But anyway, I, I don't know the full ins and outs of the notary yeah. public world, <laughs> but I I know just enough to understand the joke without enough to be able to, yeah. to say this. I wouldn't be able to introduce you to one. Uh, but, like, you know, again, that's one of the things that I love, that, that just including a joke that they know not many people are going to get, but it's still, it's funny to somebody. Is that thing well, it's funny like, to them. Yeah, there's someone in a room going, yeah, this is going to be good. And I guarantee you there are so many jokes that still exist in the show that nobody even knows are there. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Now, Marge and Homer go to Burns' mansion because Burns is going to offer them money, and he offers them $500,000, which is a lot of money. They probably should have taken it, but the greed got to Homer. It did get to Homer. Did you notice that they were drinking purple wine, by the way? Yeah, I did notice that. Yeah, that was odd. But see, That's I don't like drink the wine. brown banana from season one. <laughs> I thought it was odd, but I thought, well, I don't drink wine. Maybe there is purple wine out there. I only drink... Well, well purple I, rain. I, <laughs> there is purple rain. I exclusively drink red wine, but I've never seen purple wine. I don't drink wine at all. It's just never been my thing. I've tried it. Mm. Numerous times because Nicola's she loves it. Every time she drinks it, she goes, "Here, try some, try some." I just can't drink it, man. I just don't yeah. like it. It's just neither can Ash. Ash just it's got that sort of sweet taste to it that I just don't like. For her, it's she just tastes it and it tastes vinegar basically. But no, I love yeah. it. maybe um just needed more antifreeze. 
<laughs> exactly. That would have got that would have touched up the red. Um, so the the Burns and Smithers leave to let him talk it over with the missus. Yes. and it, they watch through the painting. Yeah. Now Homer, he just, just he just wants none of it. Like we said, the grades got to him. And he goes, yep. I spit on his offer or whatever. He spits on the chair. I love that Burns and Smith. Uh, yeah, Burns oh. and Smithers like ooh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then Homer's cleaning it off. Like he feels bad for it. The thing about Homer here though is that he's actually tactically until he shoots his mouth off and gives the game away. He he does call it spot on. He knows that Burns knows he's about to lose the case. And Burns says that he's like, I feel faint. I feel faint. Yeah. yeah. Like so for a moment there, Homer's actually being smart. He's going up against one of the, the toughest negotiators in Springfield and he's actually winning. What with- would what would you do in this situation though? Would you we shouldn't admit that we would lie in court, but do you know what I mean? Like it's it's one of those tough things. Like if you had the chance to win a million dollars, what would you do? It's like deal or no deal. Yeah. You've come down to the last two briefcases. Because if you if just if Marge hadn't have let the cat out of the bag, they would have got away with it. Yeah. Um $500,000 in the hand is probably better than a million if, if, in the bush. It, yeah, I would just take the 500000 Later on today... But I'll then you remember they're only going to get two fifty because Hudson's fee is 50%. I'll skateboard out in front of a car for you. And, um, <laughs> I'm like, take me! It's an interesting question, actually. If it's an out-of-court, privately arranged settlement, would Hudson's fee even come into it? Ah, you're right. No, it wouldn't. Would yeah. it? Oh, but I suppose he did represent him in... Because he wouldn't have won the court case. No, would he? he wouldn't have won the court case. That is a question we need to ask the writers of the show. Yeah. If you ever just want a quick win, go to one of those pro bono joints that you know will just take a thirty percent fee. Yeah, and just get them to the precipice, and then go. Ah, you know what? We're dropping this. <laughs> <laughs> just to tell the um, tell the, the defendant beforehand that that's what's going to yeah. go down. Yeah, can you can you make this out in cash, yeah. please? <laughs> So Marge lets the cat out of the bag, and that's when the offer's off the table, rips it up, and then they call Marge to the stand. Yep. And then she has the classic line of, I'm sorry, but my mother always said if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. Will that hold up in court? No, I've tried it before. I also like the concern of like, do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? Yes. She sounded like she took that awful seriously. (laughs) She sounded so serious. (laughs) That is funny, yeah. Yeah, so they realize they're screwed, basically. Yep. Did Marge do the right thing here? Well, ethically, yes. Ethically, yes, but for the family's sake? Did she put herself Um, ahead of her family here for the greater good of her conscience? No, I think she's done it for the greater good of her family's integrity. Teaching the kids a lesson? This isn't just about Marge. This is about, yeah, the whole thing of of honesty. And is that a better lesson to teach your kids rather than to try to teach, you know, go and lie in court for financial gain? Like... A million dollars. Yeah, I know, but suddenly you end up with a... If Ash did that to you, what would you do? <laughs> suddenly, oh, well, what I was going to say is, like, do you want a million dollars in a family of Kardashians, or do you just want your normal, honest life in a family of Simpsons? Happy. Yeah. I just like, too, though, how Burns, just to rub it in, offers them zero dollars. It's an it's- awful lot of money, is one thing that... I, yeah, oh, that, yeah, that was pretty... That was a dick th- move by Burns. I, th- I think we should take it. <laughs> <laughs> So then, as like obviously, Homer's devastated by this because this was his chance to finally have something, succeed in life, and Marge is just taking that away from him. Yeah, she has, and this is where the episode really changes gears yeah. dramatically. I need to mention too that this—I don't know whether this was in the original script or might have been, but a bit differently. But James L. Brooks pitched that he wanted the episode to have an emotional ending. Yeah, well, it was what he's done. Um, there are there's a lot of internal monologue in the last couple minutes, yep. and it was that that was added in. So it's the, so serious too. The way isn't it? I take. The way I took it from the way they were describing it is a lot of the spoken word stuff was already there. Um, so, you notice with the animation that there's a lot of sort of lingering frames where they've re-recorded lines and then they've added it as yeah. internal monologue because they haven't animated the mouths moving, for one thing. 
And I, if you watched them and edited those out, they really do add an extra resonance to, to this ending and really drive home what's going on. And it for me, it's, it's one of the best endings of any episode. Like, oh, it really ever. just knocks it out of the park. I, I for- nearly teared up watching it again this morning. Yeah, I welled up a little bit this morning. I was... Um, Tad hungover, which helped, but <laughs> I, um, yeah, like it, it, it's a real masterpiece of pacing and writing and directing and everything to be able to go from being as funny as they have been to then spend two or three minutes just, just on this, and it's so realistic. Like I think you, it's impossible not to be able to relate me, to it. Exactly. Like you just asked me then, what would you do if Ash cost you a million dollars? Like. To anyone out there, what would you do if the person that you loved, that you hold so dear, turned down that opportunity on your behalf, basically? Like, it would... How do you answer that? You don't know what you're going to feel like until you're in that scenario. And they really took the time to to wallow in that for a little while and show that, you know, that the actions of the characters have ramifications within the context of the show. That line of, I'm not sure I love you anymore. That's intense, man. Oh, that's gut punch. Yeah. yeah. And even the barflies like, whoa. Yeah. You're not expecting that to come out. Even watching it again, knowing it, you're like, oh, dude. like that's- But that's what would be going through your head. Yeah. It, it absolutely like, you, would you, don't, you don't want to admit that you'd put money before your relationship, but you just- But a million dollars? Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's so much money. Um, And it's what- just, that it's the animation too, like you said, of the- of Homer looking Marge in the eye, and just her facial expression is perfect for this scene, man. Yeah, and the other thing that they do so well through it is the the time, as I said, the timing, but the switching between pathos and comedy. He has the line of, I don't think I love you anymore, and then comes back with, don't worry, I'll still do all the bad stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it won't be so bad. Yeah, exactly. And the dueling internal thoughts around the dinner table I really liked as yeah, well. Snake How, woman. Yeah, yeah, a million dollars worth, you treacherous snake woman. <laughs> Um, then like he's just down and like honey can I go to Moe's sure don't know if I'll ever come back and then yeah. gives her a kiss goodbye and then how it cuts to Marge it's like mm, my woman's intuition is telling me something I wonder what oh my god I really really laughed at that you know it's a similar gag in The Wolf of Wall Street when uh, they're in the Swiss bank and Leonardo DiCaprio is sort of thinking to himself uh, uh, like he's sort of he's looking at the Swiss bank and it's like are you telling me what I think I'm telling? Like in his head, and yeah. then the Swiss bank like, "Yes, that's exactly what I'm doing." Yeah. Like they have a, a mental conversation. Yeah, um, that's almost exactly what's happening here. But then you know the great, the great come around, and of course I love you, and that I think would be in most cases. It's the music as well. The music played a big part in this. Scene. Yeah, it all swells up. But that would have to be what it is, surely. Like you, no amount of money ultimately could make you stop loving something. No, no, it's it'd make you angry and make you question things but then you know it's just that thing as he said he looks into her eyes and it's just oh come on it's my wife and this is a moment that will it's a timeless moment it could be 100 years from now and people will still be able to relate to this yeah but anyway so that was just this is that's one well, of my favorite endings 100 of years time. from now a million dollars what are they quibbling over <laughs> yeah but yeah this is one of my favorite endings of all time a great, a great episode a great introduction by for lionel hutz dr nick and the blue head lawyer a great episode. If you haven't watched it in a while, go back and watch it immediately. Yep. Uh, and just as we need to play my favourite of the internal thoughts. Rich people aren't happy. From the day they're born to the day they die, they think they're happy, but trust me, they ain't. Mo, I wish he'd shut up. <laughs> Mo's Mo. Mo trying to help him. Yeah. Mo's actually, we get, I don't know if it's the, maybe not the first, but it's one of the, um, like, we really see Mo the tight ass here. Like, yeah. for the next 15 minutes. 30% off all pictures. Yeah. Hey, limit one per customer. <laughs> no sharing. No sharing. <laughs> it's just the end with comedy. 
Yeah. That ending really comes out of nowhere, doesn't it? For that, it does, for that yeah. Like, it happens so quickly, that end part. to the point that, like, I... Up until uh, a little while ago where we, were, uh, we did a piece about some of the best en- endings on The Simpsons for the website, I'd never connected that ending with this episode Neither, in my no. head because it had been so long since I'd sat down and watched it. That it is such a huge change of pace and it's so... So dramatically different, but so perfect. Like that, it's it's almost it's almost like an epilogue to mm. the episode. But it's almost like the story has an eighteen minute setup for that final two minute payoff. Which is what made me think that maybe it wasn't included in the original script. It was just sort of worked in there at the end. Yeah, well, it would have, and that's again the difference between the Simpsons then and and most other cartoons that they wouldn't have had that little bit at the end. They would have just ended with the court scene and being offered zero bucks, maybe one or two other jokes, and then cut to the end and that would have been a perfectly fine episode this is what takes it up to being a great episode James L. Brooks is pretty clever because in the last that's <laughs> an understatement yeah, yeah, yeah. because like in the last episode he wanted well I don't know whether it would have worked Martin in the last Scorsese episode. is a good director yeah. <laughs> I don't know whether it would have worked in the last episode he wanted to end he likes emotional endings and he yeah. wanted to end it with the kids being happy like you know with each and scratchy Marge he wanted to end it with the kids realising that it's okay for uh, the, yeah. to not watch TV and yeah. the writers were like no that's not funny we yeah need to that go wouldn't with. have been as good it wouldn't but have been as good in this case it worked perfectly he, 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 he's good for emotional endings yeah <laughs> what did we learn Palmer so what did you learn from this episode Mitch uh, what did I learn from this episode I learned well a couple things if you can't say something nice don't say anything at all <laughs> is not a proper legal defence oh home run Sorry, Mets have just homered in the bottom of the third to take a one to nothing lead against Kansas City. Boom. Um, you broke my ears there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's exciting. Like when you said, ooh, I left the chair. <laughs> I learned in this episode that if you're on your way to heaven, do not spit over the side. Uh, you, well, that's exactly right. And make sure you hold on to that handrail. Always listen to what Phil Hartman tells you. Always. In Always all the walks rules. of life. So let's get into some trivia. I've got three questions for you. Okay. So well, as I said, you already stole one of mine. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll, st- I'll start then. Bart isn't due to go to hell until the Yankees win the pendant, right? Uh, uh, that's what the, the joke pendant. was. Yes. Yeah. How many have they won since this episode aired? Oh, okay. So it aired in 91. Baseball question. Yeah. Um, this is where I get shown up as a fraud. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You're a fraud. You're a phony. <laughs> it's only a matter of time before they work you out. I don't know um, much about baseball. This is ALB pendants. Is that right? Yeah, American League. Yep. Um, all right, so they would have gone... I reckon they had about three in the 90s, couple post-2000. I'm going to say five. Seven. Okay. 2009 was the last one. 2009 was the last. Okay. So, and... Yeah, 96, 95, 96, 98 or something? Yeah, they won three out of four. Um, that much I knew. Yeah. Um, I wasn't in 100%. 2001, I reckon they would have cut it. I think they beat that, the Mets in the Subway Series. That, well, I'm not sure, but they hadn't won one since 81 until 95 or 96. Okay. So that's... that's Kiss of death from The Simpsons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, they, they hadn't won it for 10 years when this episode aired. That's, yeah. what, that's why I said the joke, I think. So do you have a trivia question or do you want me to get into my second one? Where did uh, Dr. Nick obtain his diploma from? Oh, no, I know where Dr. Hibbert did. Uh, okay. It's John Hopkins Medical, Medical School, School or something like that. Yeah. Uh, in Dr. Nick's office, there were a number of different plaques on the wall yeah. that I really laughed at. So, we had I went to med school for four years and all I got was this lousy diploma. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, he had one that just said smooth operator. There was, smooth operator, that's There was awesome. another one that was half cut out. I had to go frame by frame and you can't even... It doesn't even show the full, the full first word, but you know full well what it is. Federal body inspector. Really? <laughs> it's up <laughs> on the awesome. wall. Uh, but the club med school is also... Oh, really? There. Okay. Yeah. 
That's good. That's a good trivia question. Well done. That's so condescending. Oh, that's good. That's good, Mitch. Well done. And that, was, that, was, that was a really good question. That's something I bet you most fans listening didn't know. I didn't know that. That's what I love about The Simpsons, how many hidden gags there are there. Like, you said that yeah. one wasn't even fully in shot. Yeah, no, it wasn't. It was just, like, you could say F-E and half of the D. And you know And then is. body inspector underneath. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, yeah. yeah. So, which character to, from season one hasn't appeared since does Bart pass on the way up from hell who's in the hospital oh I didn't pay much attention to that bit I think I was writing down the first level I was writing down the quote from Satan uh, yeah, at the yeah. time the first level is Flanders and his kids yep. and then the second level is this character with a doctor and then Bart's body bleeding gums nah he was in the taxi in the last one but okay. it was, it's um or in Bart the Daredevil this, oh, one, yeah, is, was, this yeah. one is Jacques Oh, Jacques in hospital. Yeah. Oh, poor guy. Yeah. He looks like he's putting a bit of weight as well. He's punched up a little bit. He yeah, must yeah. have been caught um, by a cuckolded husband. <laughs> yeah. So, do you want me to get into my third one or uh, I stole one of your questions? So, I don't know whether you have Yeah, no, one. no, no. I've, I only had the two. So, please hit okay. me with your third. I don't know how to co- correctly pronounce her last name. Doris Grau, who does the voice of Lunch Lady Doris. Yeah. Um, she voices other characters as well. But she was makes- a receptionist in this episode, did she? Oh, that's the. That's a question. Makes, oh. makes her first her first voice appearance in this episode. Who does she voice? Yeah, as Lionel Hutz's reception. And her name is Della. Oh, calls. Yeah. yeah. So, and I didn't realize until we back into trivia, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's exactly the same voice. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, so that's my trivia for this week. So, let's get into the mailbag. Well, let's open that up, shall we? Okay, so do you want to get the shout-outs first or the mailbag? We always do this. Let's open the mailbag, but first, shout-outs. Yeah, I know. Well, shout-outs are kind of the same thing. Yeah. They're mailed in people, as well. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. most of the shout-outs are coming from people that are sending us messages that aren't necessarily questions. Yes. So people keep, um, keep sending your, your photos to of you upset that you haven't got a four-finger discount shirt. Yeah, so you, we've got a few of those coming through. We mm. need to get a few more before we can actually get all the run printed, I guess. Yep. So, yeah, please get them through. So... For people, the Mets have just driven home another run. Um, Granderson has sack-flied from the look of it to bring in a runner from third. They are up two to nothing, bottom of the third. I hope we don't have listeners in Kansas City because they'll be switching off. <laughs> if we do have listeners in New York, and I know that we do have a few, mm. you know, then our numbers there are going to be skyrocketing at the moment. But anyway, so the, the rules again, if you haven't caught it on the previous episode, you need to send through a photo to Four Finger Discounts, facebook.com forward slash Four Finger Discount. The photo needs to be you not wearing a four-finger discount shirt and being upset, okay? Who, who we need to photo see... of them by the bin? That was great. <laughs> yeah, that was the, the, my favourite one, was um, I'm laying down next to the bin like the trash <laughs> that I am. <laughs> um, so, that's what we, we want, some creativity. The more, the better of, of how your life is going to be improved by receiving a shirt from us. Can I just say, nearly 11,000 likes. Yeah, yeah, we have nearly hit eleven thousand. Um, <laughs> now the first, insane. the first shout out off the top, it's uh, nepotism at its at its finest, or reverse nepotism, I think. My dad has finally started listening to the show. You said that, yeah, yeah. So great to have you on board, pops. It's uh, pops. You call him pops? Or no, I've never called him pops ever. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'll call you pops. He came around. He's like, show me how you listen to this little radio thing of yours. <laughs> little radio thing. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, that was. I was chatting my dad the other day, and she said the same thing. How's your uh, How's your radio hobby coming along? <laughs> Your hobby. (laughs) But anyway, so yeah, they're they're listening. He's enjoying it, which is cool because he's not the biggest Simpsons fan in the world. You know, obviously you would have watched it, but he just finds us funny, which is nice. Didn't you say you liked his story? You thought we'd set it up? You're like, no, Dan, I literally said burgers. burgers. Yeah, yeah, a couple (laughs) of episodes ago where I had told you uh, I had a story about hamburgers. Let's make sure that we work that into the opening. And you just came out with hamburgers. (laughs) (laughs) Burgers. Okay, now, uh, who else have we got in here? Ellen O'Reilly. Um, she's from Dublin, yeah? She's from Dublin. She's found us through the Simpsons Best Moments page. Wanted to say that she's really enjoying the show. Her favourite... We, we, we must say, 
that we had to thank Simpsons Best Moments a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there put us a lot on the map. People, yeah. <laughs> Her favourite uh, short is, uh, this is just a fun thing to throw in there, is uh, Skinner and Chalmers from 22 Short Films oh, okay. about yep, Springfield. Yep, yep. Really, really love that episode. Oh, that little moment in yep. that episode. Like, and you call them steam pans, despite the fact that they're <laughs> obviously, obviously grilled. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I like that. In your kitchen. Good Lord, what is going on in there? <laughs> Aurora Borealis. Aurora Borealis. <laughs> At this time of the day, in this part of the country, at this part time of the year, located entirely in your kitchen. Yes. May I see it? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> see more of the house is on fire. <laughs> anyway, Alan, thank you very much for listening. Now, we've also got... Oh, I didn't write his last name down. I apologize. But Dylan, who sent through a message, who's also from Dublin. Ooh. Now, this is the first ever podcast that he's listened to. So, we are both the quite a bit, haven't we? best... Yeah and worst podcast that he's ever heard, which I really, really enjoy. Now, what I want here, though, we've got two people that are relatively new messages or new listeners, both from Dublin. I don't know how many people live in Dublin, but if you guys could somehow find a way to catch up... Comics from Ireland. We've got a lot from Ireland, actually. There must be a bit in common to do with the Irish sense of humour. But, you know, we've got people that are catching up over beers in Germany about our show, so I don't see why people can't catch up over a pint in Dublin. How awesome is that? I can't remember who it was from Germany. Like they literally said, they catch up with their mates and discuss our show. Yeah, I know. It's awesome. I'd like to know. Like, are you Alan and Dylan? Are you guys single? Because we could play matchmaker from the other side of the world. Ooh, her boyfriend's not going to be happy about that one. <laughs> <laughs> I think Dylan actually was. He, I don't know. It's one of those. It's hard to tell with Facebook. You see someone else in a photo. You're like, is it a girlfriend? Is it a wife? Be, is it be just honest, a right now. Do not lie here. Have you ever had a message on the page from a girl and then checked them out on Facebook? I, no, well... You have, yes. I've, <laughs> I've done it. Out, <laughs> I've done it. I check out a lot of people on Facebook, though, like guys as well. So, that you know, <laughs> I was about to say... No, 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 I, I'd not, believe that. I'd believe it. Not, not, not checked out, checked out. But, you know, I like to find out where people are from and when they message through to us, who's, you know... The, who they've been hanging out with. You've asked me a loaded question there, and I say yes to that to tell you the truth, and suddenly it sounds bad, and then my wife doesn't talk to me for three There's days. nothing wrong with it. Hey, has she talked about that time where we're at... This is off topic... At a party with Ash recently, she was checking out guys on Facebook. What? Yeah. All right, then. It's going to be words. Um, uh, I've thrown Mitch off his game. You have. See, but like I said, like, I, yes, I've looked at people's profiles, but not in the way that you're insinuating. I have. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a terrible human being. <laughs> As we said, no conscience. Yes. Uh, who else have we got? Um there's no, there's no oh, lying we, around here. We were calling out for some tattoos recently, and we had a couple. Oh, yeah, we had uh, a few, yeah. Great ones sent in. We'll, we'll probably share these as a collection. So we've had a couple come in. We'll wait till we've got a few more. What I want to start doing on the page is creating albums. So Simpsons yeah. tattoos, Simpsons this, Simpsons that, and then people can send them in, and we'll give them the credit. I'll put their name in the the caption. In the yeah. caption, yeah, yeah. Yep. So uh, Jessica Davidson and Jackson Tate have sent through a couple of really good ones. Jackson's was uh, Hans Molman tattooed on. Oh, his that foot, was cool, yeah. Which I really enjoyed. As I said to him. That's one of the rare tattoos that the wrinklier you get, the better it will look, the more accurate it's going to be. And then that, that, actually, that conversation got real awkward because he, did, he goes, he started hitting on your wife. Well, well, <laughs> what happened was, he says it tastes like a peanut. And I said, well, better make sure my wife doesn't go near it then. Yeah. Because she's allergic to peanuts. But then yeah. he tried. But to, you didn't say that. I know, but I thought <laughs> I'd mentioned that on the show numerous times, but obviously I haven't. But yeah, so she can't even touch a peanut because she'll swell up anyway. So she'll come and touch her skin. Yeah. And he was just like hitting jokes. And I didn't, I just wrote back lol or something, whatever. Yeah. I didn't even realize he was hitting on, making a hitting on joke. And then he was just like, apologies if you're offended by that. And I'm like, no. Oh. Yeah. Nah, I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, do you get annoyed if guys hit on Ash? It's never come up that I've been aware of. 
Oh, actually, no. Sorry, there was one guy in particular that um, wanted to strangle. So, really? <laughs> like, it, look, it's one of those things. Depends was, how they go about it, doesn't yeah, it? Look, if it's a passing comment or if someone... You know, sometimes it's innocent. You, sometimes you genuinely might not know. I've been a single guy before, and up until I was like 24, I could never remember which finger was the like wedding ring finger. So I didn't know if people were married or not. <laughs> like you know, mistakes happen. Yeah, something like that. It's just a oh, yep, yeah, whoops, sorry, that's fine. But if it's like incessant constantly coming back and messaging every now and then, that sort of thing really does give you the, the only time I've been annoyed by it was when we we're at. In, for those of you from Geelong, Lambie's nightclub, mm. and a do started dancing with Nicola, and Nicola, I, I was watching, I saw, and she pointed to her wedding finger, and he shrugged his shoulders and kept going. Yeah. That's when I got angry. Yeah. So, how long were you in jail for? <laughs> Let's just say he was thrown out within like 30 seconds. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, <laughs> do you want a beer, by the way? I'd love a beer. I'll go get you a beer. It's keep, really warm. Keep people interested while I go get you a beer. Okay. Well, I'm... Okay, well, the next part that I was going to do was actually questions. This could be either the best or worst radio that we've ever heard. I don't know if you guys have ever seen... Oh, of course you would have seen Good Morning Vietnam. That's basically what I am right now. I'm Adrian Cronauer, alone in a studio, but I don't have the incredible skill and talent of Robin Williams. Now, all I can think of doing is actually quoting Good Morning Vietnam for a few minutes. I don't know if that's going to be enough to pass the time, but good morning, Vietnam! Hey, this is not a test. This is rock and roll. Time to rock it from the Delta to the DMZ. Is that me or does that sound like an Elvis Presley movie? Oh, viva Da Nang. Viva Da Nang. Da Nang me. Da Nang me. Why don't you get a rope and hang me? And welcome back to Dando. Hey, you man? I'm much better now. I have a corona in my hand. I got through that incredibly well. I'm in the fridge right here. Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> what is going on? I don't know what else to do. <laughs> it was lost. I, can't I was to go about back to move listen. on to questions and you weren't here to answer them. <laughs> <laughs> Just recited Robin Williams from fucking Good Morning Vietnam. <laughs> I could have kept going. <laughs> you could have gone down to the shops to get beer. Tidbit. I've only seen half of that movie, and I bought it on Blu-ray last week to watch the whole thing. Ah, good work. Yeah, because I'm thinking, well, it's radio. I should probably watch it. Yeah, definitely. It's... <laughs> it's such a great movie And Robin is fantastic in it Two at a force from him I just love how comfortable we are with this show now I'm like halfway through the show You want a beer? Yeah Yeah, no, 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 that's good uh, I love how comfortable you are with me You're like, he'll be fine on his own <laughs> <laughs> Good morning <laughs> We should do that once a week <laughs> You just let me go for two minutes Yeah Alrighty, so you were to ask me questions, were you not? Uh, yeah, well... Uh, oh, it's the mailbag, the of mailbag. course. mailbag, that's what <laughs> we're doing. Yeah. Uh, so the first question that we've got from the mailbag is from Kane Burt. Yes. Now, Kane... Well, Kane was my favourite wrestler. Who was your favourite wrestler again? Stone Cold. Stone Cold. Yeah. yeah. Kane would like to know, what is our personal favourite episode? <clears throat> Which, as I explained to him, is it's a hard. difficult question. It's one that changes all the time. It's probably, like, to other people, you say, what's your favourite song? Like... It depends on where you are in life, depends on your mood, depends on so many, so many things. But I do still think that it's a nice, like, it's a good question to ask, and it's one that you guys could probably ask me once a month, and I'll give you a different answer every time. Yep. But what would you go with at the moment? When people ask me this question, I like to try and avoid the classics, because everyone says that. And it's an episode that I feel is always left out of this conversation that deserves to be in there, mm. and it's Lisa the Simpson. I've always really liked that episode. It's yep. from, like, season nine, so it's not from... It's still part of the the glory years, I guess, but it's yeah, on the it's not in the, away. It's not in the absolute peak. Nah, but I just feel this episode was just great. But um, Lisa the Simpson, it's the episode where Lisa feels like she's getting dumber and she's got the Simpson gene, and she because she yeah. can't solve that yeah, puzzle yeah. on the back of the tray, whatever yep. it is, and she works it out. It's just one, two, three, four, like five, six. Everyone else solves it. In yeah, seconds. straight away. And then she realizes that the female Simpson gene is actually really clever, and she's going to be a success. But I just love the end when all the dumb homers rock up. 
Yeah. Homer's um, trying to do the good thing, saying, look. Just, just running at each other with pots on their heads. It's got one of my favourite lines of all time. I stand in front of cars and shoot the drivers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is, that is actually a really good Lisa episode. Oh, it's there great. Aren't, there aren't, she's probably like the most underwritten character when it comes to centering an episode around her, and that's one of the really good ones. Yeah. It's, I just always felt that's such a good episode that never really gets mentioned. It doesn't get the attention it deserves. Yeah. I uh, what, what did I say to Kane? Um, the episode that I mentioned was A Star is Burns. I never liked this as a kid, that episode. Okay. I've always really loved just... If you go back and watch it now, there are so many jokes written into that episode, just verbally. Like, so many great one-liners and little asides, and uh, it's just punch after punch after punch after punch, and I've really always enjoyed it. Uh, The other one that always comes to mind for me is The Boy Who Knew Too Much. Yeah, I like that more as I get older. I find Freddie Quimby hilarious. Hilarious. So I, I found him annoying when I was a kid, but now I, I can appreciate how hilarious he well, is. Well, it's he's deliberately annoying. He's yeah. so obnoxious. Uh, people, Lee Punch has been spiked. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, 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 that's my nephew. <laughs> displaying the Quimby charm that yeah. is one over the public. <laughs> Just Bart mixing it with celebrities. Like, yeah. hey, McBain. Does he call him McBain? Or does he call him Renier? I think he calls him McBain. Like, hey, okay. McBain, yeah. I'm a big fan, yeah. but that last movie sucked. I know. I'll say, magic ticket my ass, McBain. <laughs> Love. My so, mighty heart is breaking. <laughs> I'll be in the Humvee. Yeah. Um, it's such a great... Because obviously, rip off of Last Action Hero. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, paying out Last Action Hero. Yeah, so that that they're probably my two that are always up there. But then every now and then, I'll just have a random one thrown in for, for fun. Plus War I, of the Simpsons, I really... We'll yeah, it's another Lisa one. I love that. In the, oh no, that's a, I'm thinking of the Secret War of Lisa Simpson. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. I was, the War of the Simpsons, where Homer and Marge Fishing. go off on the um, the marriage retreat. Call him the Homer for um, <laughs> fiery red hair. <laughs> uh, the um, arms like tree trunks. Homer's recollection of the party when it's all like he's nice and refined and distinguished. So yeah. I said, I must get out of these wet clothes and into a dry martini. <laughs> Good lord, there's a fly in my drink. I know, I put it there. <laughs> I slipped it in there as a gag. Oh, good show. Like, I would love to go to a party that is exactly like that. <laughs> so great. I pronounce this the most delightful gig of the season. The Secret War of Lisa Simpson, though, bringing up, is another great episode. Yeah. It's got that really heartfelt moment where Lisa, she wants to prove herself, but she's almost giving in, and she gets a, the recording on the tape from Marge. And Marge is singing, you are my sunshine. Yeah. And it's that really good dynamic of Bart wants to fit in, but he, he feels sorry for Lisa. And at the end, he says, fuck you guys. I'm going to support Lisa. And he supports her across that rope. Remember that rope? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the endings that have Bart and Lisa, you know, like the Lisa on together. ice. Yep. That's a great ending as well. Yeah. That's Secret World of well, Simpsons is a good the episode. Thanksgiving Day. Uh, the Bart versus yeah. Thanksgiving. Yeah. Like all of those episodes where that um, sibling kind of love comes to the front and, and it has the really good testing joke at the start testing yeah <laughs> um, particularly because they're 8 and 10 as well like you know when they stand up against adults it's 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 always really cool especially when you've got a sister too because you, you appreciate that bond oh definitely yeah okay so I hope that answers it should more than answer your question Kane you've asked for one each and we've given you about six <laughs> <laughs> um, Pat Rennick um, Pat Rennick wrote in Patrick uh, Rennick please. Patrick Rennick but uh, we're Australian so I'll Patty. call him Pat or Patty or Renault. Uh, he wanted to know our thoughts on the fan theory. Now, I'll get you to explain this if people aren't 100% across this or if they've never heard of it, that Homer has actually been in a coma since about season five. Yeah, the, it was a season four of the So It's Come season to This, four. another Simpsons clip show. So basically, someone on Reddit a few years back wrote that Homer's basically been in a coma ever since then. Although he wakes up at the end of the episode, they feel that it was just a dream. He never actually woke up. And the reason they thought this was 
six months prior to this, was home of the heretic. And he said to God, when am I going to die? Can I die? And he goes, no, you, what, you can't wait six months. Six yep. months later, this episode happens. They yep. thought that might have been like a little hidden in-joke by the writers there. Yeah. So basically, they're saying that Homer's been in a coma for the entire run of the series. And that's the reason why the cast don't age, because he remembers them as they were when he fell into the coma. But he hears people talking around him, and that's how he creates these stories in his head. So what we're actually watching the show is actually his dream, or him in the coma. So that's the theory. Yes. Mitch, would you like to shut it down? <laughs> yes, it's bullshit for a number of reasons. Yes. Uh, they'd been going for four years and hadn't aged to that yeah. point, would be my first one. The other one is the the show didn't really get any more unrealistic from that point as opposed to what it was beforehand. Like, I know in that theory they've, you know, they, they call about how the plot points kind of get further out there. Like, it Homer, took like season six, seven before Homer they going got really space wacky. and those sorts of things. Well, but, we got the monorail episode and stuff, but like, they still had their realistic stories within that as well. Yeah, of course. But. You know, before that, Homer had a child spy from Albania live with him. Bart and Lisa solve, you know, the case of Krusty being framed by Sideshow Bob. Homer becomes a country music manager. Mr. Plough, Homer saves a nuclear meltdown. Like, the stories before the coma were just as far out, or could have been. Like, not all of them, but, you know, they had just as many far out stories beforehand as they did afterwards. One of the examples in the theory... Confused as Bigfoot, please. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. One of the examples in the theory was that Marge gets breast implants, because that's unrealistic. Mm. You don't reckon that's not working? I just took a moment to think about it. Um, <laughs> okay. Sorry. <laughs> Have you seen that episode? Uh, no, I haven't seen it. She actually flashes her boobs at the end to distract people. Oh. Who was it that did that on Letterman? Um, Drew. Drew, oh, yeah. Drew Barrymore oh, style. I love Drew Barrymore. <laughs> I watched it and I was like, oh, man, why can't it be my birthday? <laughs> there was one person in the world that had that view. The only one person yep. ever. And it's David Letterman. Like, There's uh, no camera that would have caught that. What's the band's name? What's the guy? Paul Schaefer. He would have got side boob. Yeah, he, he probably would have got side boob. But like, but Dave was just like full face, Drew Barrymore pretty, boob. There aren't many things that would be as momentous as that, that only one person can see. Like... She essentially did a stripper's dance. Millions, if not billions of people have got access to be able to view that from the other point of view, and only one person in the entire planet has seen it from that point of view. That's pretty fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Um, I'd never given that any thought until right now, and it's just kind of blown my mind a tiny little bit. And his face when it happens too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Drew Barrymore is like my Hollywood crush. I love her. Ah, uh, she's a sweetie. I always say this. She just reminds you of someone that would go at the back and kick the football with you. Yeah. And, you know, depending on what age you got her at, probably do a shitload of drugs as well. <laughs> okay. We'll move on to the final question of the mailbag, which comes from Nathan Clover, one of our favorites. Nathan. Uh, he, he always listens to the show straight away. He does. Yeah. He's, He's always one- like the first to reply with, oh, he called us wankers. Yes, he did. Yeah. Um, I first read that and I was like, what? And I was like, oh, that's right. The whole yeah. wanker routine. Yeah, of course. <laughs> that's um, I, I like it when you guys do kind of make a joke about it because it reminds me what I've said. Yeah. Or we were quoted on Podcast Wisdom a little while ago. I'm not sure yeah. if I've said that on you the have, actual yeah, yeah. podcast or not, but like that was really cool for me. But it was also one of those moments where I was like, huh, I don't remember that. <laughs> follow us on Twitter as well, at Four Finger Pod. At Four Finger Pod, yes. Please follow us immediately. Please do. And I'll get it out of the way now. Like us, rate and review in the iTunes store. Yeah, please. more reviews in the iTunes store will be yeah, very it's much been appreciated. Like a week. Come on, guys. Yes, come on, do it. <laughs> um, uh, still all five-star reviews coming through, which I appreciate. Yeah, which is so great. Thank you very, very, very much. And we changed the title of the podcast, too. So, it now says Four Finger Discount, an Aussie Simpsons podcast. Exactly. So, now when you search The Simpsons, we actually come up on the front page. You don't have yeah. to keep digging through. Because it was like, it used to bother me that we're getting thousands of listeners, but we weren't appearing in the search engines. It's because we didn't have Simpsons in the in the title. Yeah. I fixed that issue now. So, if you type Simpsons, like Mitch said, 
We're there. Rookie mistake. Yeah. <laughs> when you're doing a podcast, don't be too clever with the name. But I, <laughs> call it what it is. But I thought that, that having the Simpsons in the description would still bring it up. Yeah, I thought it would have as well, but you know, who knows. Have you heard this, the brilliant joke from uh, David O'Doherty, who's an Irish comedian to all of our Irish friends? This is going back a few years now when this was slightly... But it still works. Um, that he is like, I'm, I'm releasing a book later on this year. It's my first ever book. It was originally going to be called The David O'Doherty Story, but in order to shift a few more units, I'm going to call it David O'Doherty and the Da Vinci Book of Sudoku. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would work. Anyway... On to Nathan's actual question. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. He wanted to know, uh, what's one of our favourite jokes that we didn't understand as kids, but we do now? I liked, uh, what episode was it? The two cars in every garage, three eyes in every fish. Yeah. When Marge, he says, Marge, come into bed. I just want to snuggle. She says, I don't feel like snuggling. What does that got to do with anything? <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty sharp. Um, uh, slightly misogynistic. <laughs> um, I... There's a couple that I really enjoy, and they're both Homer talking to Bart. The first one, it's not that I didn't necessarily get this joke when I was a kid, but I certainly understand it a lot more when I'm older, and it's that whole, you know, all I, Bart, when he's doing the chores for the old woman, she's like, I did all that, and all I got was 50 cents. He's like, son, 50 cents was a lot of money in my day. Really? Nah. <laughs> um, I... I kind of laughed at that when I was a kid, but when I'm as an adult, I really just love the dismissive tone of it. Like, yeah, that that really hit a lot harder. The other one that immediately sprung to mind for me, and I will say that I had maturity beyond my years when I was a kid. So there were a lot of jokes that even as a kid I did understand. A lot of people wouldn't. But the first time I ever saw the B Sharps episode, I had no idea what any real drugs were. So I was exactly as naive as Bart with that. I got this really cool pencil holder. And oh, then yeah. with, <laughs> far out, man. I haven't yeah. seen a bong in years. Yeah. I didn't know what a bong was at that point in time. That, that wasn't so, even really like a joke. That was just... It, it was just laughing at the naivety of Bart. And I think that's why I like it so much now, because I am Bart yeah, in that exact moment. They, they knew that kids wouldn't get it. Yeah. yeah. They're the two that, that spring to mind. There might be more that will come up. Oh, there's um, plenty. But I, that, that was literally... The, you asked me the question, that's the first one that came to my head for me. Yeah. But yeah, so thanks for listening to our review. Of, which one do we review today? I forget. Drinking too many beers. Uh, <laughs> please, let's not get too... <laughs> you, you're putting that on. You've had about two sips, two sips of a yeah. mid-strength. Bart gets it by a car. Dando's sitting over in the corner with a little glass of sherry. Yes. <laughs> Purple sherry. Yes. Uh, Bart gets hit by a car. Co- a ca- a Bart gets hit by a car. I'm watching too much of the Mets. I've just dropped well, back into my Bronx accent. Do you want to give one quick update on the score before we go? Uh well, that's a foul ball hit out into the uh, deep right field. The Mets leading bottom of the fourth, two to nothing against Kansas City. Kansas City leads the series two one. I could be a. I feel like I could be a, a baseball broadcaster. Like, if, to- if Christopher Walken was a baseball uh, commentator, I'm still not ready. Foul ball. Still, I can't do it. I'm still not ready to unleash Christopher Walken. There's nothing <laughs> that I hate more than a really bad Christopher Walken impression that someone thinks is good. So I don't want to do that until I have it right. Yeah. But thanks to our official sponsors, the Simpsons Best Moments Facebook page and NoHomers.net. NoHomers.net is the best place to connect with other Simpsons fans. And the Simpsons Best Moments Facebook page, they're constantly posting funny clips from the Simpsons. So if you want to get your Simpsons fill, jump onto the Facebook That's page. The place to go. Send us some messages as well. We, just, we really want to hear from you guys. We'll always write back. So as we said, guys, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you guys next time. See you guys. Shh.